0: Thinking Leadership Podcast. I'm Jude Jennison, founder of Leaders by Nature, and in this podcast I interview leaders on their experiences of leading change, the challenges they faced and how they overcame them. I'm interested in exploring how we lead disruptive change in a way that has a positive benefit for employees, business and society. In other words, how do we be more human and relational in our leadership and make a difference? Disruptive change creates uncertainty, and this week's guest has some great tips to help navigate uncertainty. If you'd like some more ideas on how to lead through uncertainty, you can download a report on nine top tips to lead through uncertainty from my website at www.leadwithjude.com. This week, I'm talking to Lee Evans, who is the founder and head coach of Mind Power Solutions. Lee coaches the British Army's leadership, as well as elite athletes and business owners. He talks about how fear is the biggest challenge that every leader faces, and that we need to change our relationship with it, and rather than avoiding fear, to being able to work through and with it. We also talk about finding your flow and the importance of self-awareness, especially when you're out of your comfort zone. Have a listen. Hi, Lee. Thanks for joining me today.
1: Thank you. I really kind of, uh, I'm chuffed to be here, Jude. Thank you.
0: Can you tell us who you are and what you do, please?
1: Yeah. Okay. So my name is Lee Evans. Uh, I'm the founder and head coach at Mind Power Solutions. Uh, and I coach basically the British Army's leadership, um, world champion athletes I'm currently coaching, and business owners who kind of are really interested in making an impact. You know, that's that's kind of what I do.
0: So you're working with people who are in challenging situations at the top of their game. What what are some of the things that you find that are common across all of those?
1: Whoa, that's. A, <laughs> I mean,
0: recognising recognizing yeah. that athletes are in a very different environment to the British Army. But yeah. what are some of the common things?
1: I think, I mean, you've got straight to the power question. The answer is really easy, actually, you know. The, the common challenge and enemy of leadership of self and others is fear. You'll know this really well anyway, you know, from the work you do where the horses will pick this up, you know. So I think the common challenge that people are facing is fear. And it's fear of mostly what other people think about what they're going to say or, you know, for an athlete, for instance, who's racing at a world level out of their comfort zone, you know the fear of what if this happens what if I get eliminated what if what will these people think if I you know for um you know a business owner sometimes it's the fear to actually be themselves you know because they have to try and conform to what the organization says or uh yeah so I think fear ultimately is the the root of kind of all of the problems that we're facing you know not just in leadership kind of (laughs) in the world I think you know
0: well, and fear's is interesting, isn't it? Because it's, a, it's an innate response to being out of our comfort zone. Yeah. And, and, of course, being out of our comfort zone is where we're stretching and learning and that's where the athletes are going to get the edge. It's where business owners are going to get the edge. It's where the British Army are going to get the edge. How, how do you equip people to manage their fear out of their comfort zone? Because we can't eliminate it, can we?
1: No, absolutely not. And we shouldn't try to, you know, mm-hmm. it's it's an excitement of the nervous system is what's happening, which readies us for something powerful, you know. And, and so this, how do you ready people? Well, a number of ways. One thing is we have to get people to change their relationship with fear, because at the moment, mostly it's wrong. You know, their relationship with fear at the moment is avoidance because the emergency system's kicked in but it's not an emergency right there's nobody's trying to kill anyone generally I mean yes in the army but even that we're not talking about what I'm talking about here because when the military thing kicks in and and you need to you know perform in an environment where people could die and all the rest of it my experience and the experience of many others is you just get into the flow right your training kicks in you're you're kind of flowing it's kind of like a beautiful experience actually it's difficult to explain to people who haven't experienced that but yeah my my changing the relationship with fear for people is to get them to recognize that on the other side of that is a huge feeling of pride huge feeling of satisfaction in themselves that that, an alignment with I did the right thing you know and like you say also the opportunity to grow and be better and, and develop, you know? Um, so it's really about changing their relationship with fear and, and getting them to recognize the signal in their body, what it's for, for an athlete, for instance, my job is to get them to start to recognize that signal and channel it and go, yes, this is the feeling, right? The adrenaline's pumping. Yes. That means I'm powerful, you know, and it's to really channel that powerful energy, which is fear into performance into the best kind of uh, performance they can do in whatever field they're in you know so it's changing the relationship with fear really is is what I'm trying to do with people
0: yeah because physiologically we we experience fear and excitement in the same way don't we in our in our bodies so it's it's Absolutely. recognizing that as soon as we get that sense of fear is how do we how do we create how do we turn that into excitement and how do you um
1: it is excitement already it's just what we're fueling it with our mind right so the signal will come and actually when we've looked at this i haven't but when people have looked at this there's actual hormonal differences depending on how you are thinking about that challenge you know that happen. so if you kind of can get to the point where at the end of the day if we're factual about it it is an excitement of your nervous system right that's what it is the 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 sympathetic nervous system is kicking in adrenaline's pumping the heart rate is raising oxygen's flowing faster you know arteries are constricting and all of that stuff is that's what's happening and then what we then flavor it with in our minds will then create the effect we will feel and it is either crushes me or empowers me that's it and it's kind of the 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 ability to set your mind mindset is set your mind it's a practice It's it's a thing we do rather than mindset isn't just this thing that we have you know
0: so how do you how do you work with somebody who has perhaps got rooted in that fear and is struggling to find that that place of flow that you talked about what are some of the things you do with them
1: yeah so a number of things um one challenge them so It is very much about you know challenging people to grow it's about kind of because when they do that with a plan I know it's going to go well they just don't know yet you know so it's challenging people in the right way in a way that I know they're going to get some wins here so they can start to realize themselves actually they start to associate right you know so challenging them is one thing, teaching them is another thing, you know, teaching them how to, so for instance, this weekend, uh, the athlete I'm coaching now who's at this world champion level was racing, and very much in the run-up to this, as well as many other things, but it's teaching her how to use her breath in a way that starts to take control of this system that's kind of could run off into the you know into your kind of oblivion <laughs> mm-hmm. it's, it's about learning how to use the breath very proactively so we can maintain this sense of calm so we can conserve energy so then when i need it for the performance bang i can jet ge- i can generate it with my breath as well generate that energy so some of the things might be i have a framework i use music movement mindset so they might be, you know, very focused on the breath in the run-up to this thing. Let's say the week the week ahead, they're, running, they're very focused on relaxing the system, keeping it nice and relaxed with the breath. And then as we get closer to the event, when they need to generate that energy that they've now conserved, music starts to come on, right? I get them to then start feeling that music with movement. Start bringing the music into their body. So they start moving, feeling, exciting the system. And then mindset comes in after that. So when they're in this then state where they've really started to bring the music in, feel that music, move themselves around, start getting the body energized in that way, they then start setting their mind on specific things they want to be like. So it may well be powerful, strong, weapon. You know, uh, these kind of words, or if it's in a leadership position, you know, it may well be present, focused, you know, listening, whatever the word is, that mindset is about then setting their minds on something, right? So yeah. it's about recognizing what we do and then challenging people and giving them tools to be, be equipped to deal with that challenge, you know, so then they can experience it because the learning really happens, as you'll know, when we experience something, you know, it's like I could be coaching someone on a call the learning happens when they put that thing into practice in their real life, in a real situation that's challenging, you know? And I also yeah. try to do that within my sessions with people, whether it's group or one-to-one, I will aim to give them a deeper level of learning of the point I'm talking about by challenging them. So for instance, the other day, one of my clients was, you know, uh, challenged with really expressing emotionally how they felt in a in a positive way about other people there's this kind of you know lots of people struggle with that saying that i really love you i really appreciate you and all of those things um and so what i did was basically okay i'm that person go and they have to role model it with me they have to role play it right and it's like oh and it's they're like oh oh god and it's challenging right but then they're learning at a deeper level that skill and that they can do it before they then go because if i just talk to them about it they're going with a different level of understanding, you know.
0: Yeah, and what I'm what I'm hearing from from all of what you're you're talking about is about using the whole the whole self, the mind, the mindset, but also the breath and the body. And I talk about being being intentional, um, yeah. and having a very in cl- clear intention of what it is you're wanting to create. Now, obviously, with a with an athlete, there's a specific performance isn't there there's a specific race or something so you're building up over a period of time to a particular specific event whereas from a business point of view it's it's more or less you know yes there are peaks and troughs aren't there there's you know the financial year end or there's a key presentation with a big client or whatever it is but it's it's keeping that performance on a on a regular basis how do you what's your what's your advice for for leaders of business who need to be focused and intentional daily.
1: Yeah, I mean, to be intentional and what I call purposeful, like you're doing things on purpose, you have to have developed a level of awareness and clarity about who you are at your best. You have to know who you are at your best so that you can then try and be that on purpose, right? If you don't know who you are at your best, then trying to be intentional is kind of like intentionally what? It doesn't kind of make a huge amount of sense to them, right? Because, oh, right, I'm just going to try and do a good job. What does that mean, you know? So I very much work with leaders and and everyone I work with to understand themselves, you know, to know who they are when they're at their best as a leader, to know who they are when they're at their best as a parent, to know who they are when they're at the best as an athlete, or whatever their roles are in their life, they first have to know what that looks like, you know? And mm. then they can start to try to be more intentional on that, does that make sense? It's kind of like so, yeah, and how, completely and how,
0: because because oh, one of the things that I always say is that once you're out of your comfort zone, if you if you don't have that sense of self awareness and you can't you can't actively and consciously draw on your strengths, then everything can feel as though it's in chaos yeah. when we're out of our comfort zone. Whereas actually, if you know what your strengths are and you can draw on them you can draw on them out of your comfort zone as much as you can in your comfort zone.
1: Yeah, and, and the evolution of, you know, to the question about how do people then keep this performance on a daily basis? Firstly, they have to understand themselves more. They have to know who they are their best is the first thing. Seeking clarity on a daily basis is a habit, you know. What, what is important to me today? How am I going to be today? Um, what can stress me out today? You know, how am I going to deal with it? All that stuff beforehand. So we're proactively getting ahead of things in a day, every day. So we're focusing on the most important things. The weapon really here is understanding then how being my best turns into my values, right? This is the weapon. When we start to really understand, values are doing things, you know? Values, for me, you know, I know that I'm my best, one of the things that describes me at my best is very present. I'm kind of in a moment with someone, there's no distraction, It's kind of like, I'm just there, right? with myself and others. I know that that, but the value that falls out of that, how I remind myself to do that every day, because you know, to right? remember, be present. It's kind of like a bit of a word, right? So I've turned that into a value that says, pay attention to the people and the tasks in front of you That's a value. I can try and live, you know? So now I know on a daily basis, if I'm starting to live, if I'm living my values and I'm consciously purposefully thinking about living those values, I will be paying attention to the people and the tasks in front of me now, which means I will be present, which means I'll be being the best version of myself, you know? So it's understanding values. I think values are the most misunderstood things in the business community, uh, you know?
0: Yeah. I mean, they're so often just uh, a few words that are stuck on a, on a wall that aren't lived and breathed, aren't they? And,
1: and the, the problem is it's a bigger problem than that even, because it causes the problems that the company has you know, to have the value of trusted up on a, on a wall, and then the employees feel not trusted, mm. that value being on the wall causes resentment, mm. it causes bitterness, it causes, you know, so you're actually better off not having values on the wall if you're not gonna live them, yeah. and you don't understand them, right? <laughs> you know, because you're causing, so loads of companies will be causing their own problems because they're like, here's these values, look, we're trusted, we're kind of, you know, progressive, we're all of this stuff but actually all the employees feel like oh, i i can't make any decisions so that means i'm not trusted actually i feel resentful mm-hmm. so that value if so i think you know the magic is to understand how to use values at a personal level for a leader to really kind of start to move into leaving their legacy which i think this is all about and as an organization to foster and to trust you know <laughs> You, you, you can't live values without going out your comfort zone and trusting other people that they might not do it right as you would, and they might fail and all that stuff, you know. And so There's a huge amount about values we could probably talk about forever, but I think turning values into things you understand that really come from the inside of you that then can come out into, you know, I have six key values which come from six aspects of me that I know is me at my best in all my life and then i try and live those values every day on purpose intentionally and then you're kind of winning your life you know
0: so um have you had times in your in your life or or in your career where you have fallen off the value wagon and and not lived your values i'm not wanting necessarily you to out yourself too much <laughs> as much as you're comfortable with but i'm just wondering are there times where you have have of fallen off the value wagon and then learn from the experience.
1: Yes, absolutely. I mean, you know, are anyone you willing to
0: share that, the story with us of, of what, of what, of what happened, like summarize it and, and what you learned in the
1: process? I mean, anyone who says no to that question is lying, right? <laughs> <True>. <laughs> because at the end of the day, this should be really hard. You know, well, it you is. It, yeah, you want to live your values, you should be failing a lot because it's really, you're held to a higher standard, right? Mm. Uh, I mean, you know, the obvious kind of ones from the military for me are, you know, to be all of those values every single day in everything you do is really, really tough, you know? Um, Especially one of the values of the military was selfless commitment. It's not one of my values now that I live or try to live. They're kind of wrapped up in other things, but selfless commitment as a value is so difficult to live right because it means you can't be thinking about yourself you've got to be thinking more about other people all of the time than yourself you know I've found countless times in that when I was in the military right um, you know I think one of the key things that I learned from a story if you like was that I don't know the right answer all the time and this happened, um, is a cu- one, there's a number of stories from Afghanistan that are very powerful, one of them uh, is when I went into mentoring this military um, Afghan National Army group and I've told you this story before, a different story, this is a different one <laughs> but basically um, my job was to mentor these guys so they're Afghan Afghans they're kind of joined the army but it's all a bit loose you know they could be on the other side tomorrow if they offer them more money and it's all the culture is very different so my job here is to kind of try and impress standards and build team and trust and all of that with these people Uh, and I failed at that once to catastrophic nearly consequences where one of the one of their cultural things is they smoke weed a lot Right. So in the army, they have guns and live weapons and and rounds in there. And we're going out on patrol. And before we go out on patrol, me and a couple of Brits and like about 20 of them to go and basically engage with the enemy. They're having a toke on the kind of doobie or whatever they call it, smoking weed. Right. And I'm like, right, no way that ain't going to happen because you know, the, the safety, the danger, the kind of risk and all of that, that we might die and you might die and everything else. So I took it upon myself to mentor this leader of these people. I couldn't go and tell them, I had to mentor the leader to kind of get them to understand here, right, what this is all about. And I failed because I basically tried to impress my standards on their culture, right? So I basically, and what happened, I, I said to the leader, look, you need to stop those people smoking drugs before they go out on patrol, right? With those live weapons, because, and he was like, yeah, I get it, but you know, it's really difficult and all of those things, which I didn't really understand his challenge. Mm-hmm. How could I, because I'm not in that, right? And I, I kind of convinced him basically to go and stop them doing that. Right? So he did and he ordered them and all the rest of it. And they failed and they smoked drugs and we were going out again and we caught them. So the local jailer came up to the camp on request of this leader I was mentoring and took these two guys and put them in jail right there, right next to the camp. And it was like, Oh my God, nobody's done that before. You know, so they were in jail. So I was like, yeah good job you know you've kind of done the leadership thing here you've kind of disciplined them they'll learn and all of that stuff right which was so naive because when I woke up in the morning the next we were in these derelict buildings and I woke up in the morning and I walked out and I saw this Afghan troop of people them looking the most kind of professional and energized I've ever seen walking up towards the jail with loads of weapons to storm the jail, kill the jailer and get their friend out. And I was like, and I caused that. Mm. I was like, that was a big lesson for me to say, you don't know everything, right? I thought, I thought I can come here, I can kind of, this is how you do this thing, right? This is what discipline is, you must do this. And I failed and people nearly died. Mm. And that was a big lesson for me to really understand, I don't always know everything and actually, I want to be more humble. I want to listen more. I want to kind of question my own thinking a bit more. I want to kind of ask, listen to other people's opinions more, you know, and uh, thankfully nobody died and we we kind of solved it. But that was a big lesson where I kind of fell off one of my values, if you like, which is kind of, you know, to really try and be this um, uh, humble kind of learner if you like you know
0: and to listen and to listen to the culture and it's and thank you for sharing that story because it's such a powerful it's such a powerful story around culture and how how easy it is to culturally have an opinion about what's right and what's wrong yeah and and to and to then break trust and and how easy it is to do that and actually culturally we li- we're we're living and working in a in a global economy aren't we so culturally we're we're clashing with each other all of the time we're seeing this on social media at the moment it's almost overwhelming isn't it around race around gender and and the different opinions that we all have based on our skills and our experience and our our lives and our cultures and how easy it is to to feel quite strongly because on the face of it, you know, my my initial response is to go, yeah, you are, you know, you're absolutely right. You can't go off to to fight when you're on drugs, but but that's our culture.
1: That, that's you what know, they do all the time every exactly. day.
0: Yeah, <laughs> and and it's and it's so easy to get sucked into that right and wrong approach, isn't it? Of yeah. and to stop to stop listening to each other and being with with each other as as human beings. How do you how do you um apply that learning then and how do you apply that in a business context for example
1: yeah i kind of think one of the massive lessons i've learned is is to really spend time in reflection as a habit daily every single day i have a very kind of disciplined reflection habit that i do every single night i will try and learn from the day and part of what i'll apply this lesson how i apply this lesson is i'll ask myself What is my opinion based on? You know, I'll ask myself that because so many people's opinion is based on nothing. They don't really know. I didn't really know what what, my opinion was this, right? His opinion was this isn't going to work, right? What was my opinion based on? My opinion was based on the British Army, a high level of professionalism, all of this stuff, right? It wasn't based on any experience of the culture that these people are operating in so the way I keep myself very clear, like people will say, sometimes I'll work with people, I say, right, I really want you now to, you want to learn to use your mind. You want to kind of start to consciously direct your mind more and be more on purpose and all of that control your feelings. So I want to start getting you to learn to meditate, right? Which is one of the kind of, one of the things we do to train ourselves. Uh, and people will often say, yeah, that will not work for me because my mind's too busy. And I'm like, firstly, that's the reason why you should learn to meditate because your mind's too busy <laughs> and this will help you slow it down over time. Secondly, how do you know it won't work for you? And they say, well, I just know my mind's too busy. I'm ne- no, how do you know it will work for you? And they say, well, eventually they go, well, I don't know. I know because your opinion is based on nothing. There's no experience, right? I say, unless you've practiced for at least 20 minutes every single day for at least 30 days consistently, You have no opinion that's worth anything because it's just what you think but it doesn't mean anything so one of the ways i apply this to business and to leaders and to myself is to very much ask myself and reflect and check in with myself what's my opinion based on here you know is it based on something real or do i need to realize that's ego you know Mm -hmm. ego is kind of one of the enemies right it's based on fear it's protection but uh, yeah that's that's one of the ways I do this is is very become very reflective and and deepen my awareness of myself, including my opinions you know and I always ask myself what what is my opinion based on? if it's not based on strong solid experience and evidence, then I don't go on it
0: <laughs> yeah and it's it's interesting, isn't it because you you know you're talking about reflection as being one of the things that keeps you sharp and focused as a as a leader and and yet in the, in the fast paced, like 300 miles an hour world that we're living and breathing in, how do, you, how do you get leaders to slow down enough to make reflection important enough?
1: Yeah, well, <clears throat> it's a challenge, but I have to get them to change the way they're thinking. I have to get them to change the way they feel and I have to get, then that helps them to change their behaviors basically, you know? I have to get them to realize things. I have to give them little wins very quickly that they kind of go, oh, I didn't realize that. Most people who come to me for coaching, you know, lots of people I think out there think, well, I don't need a coach because there's nothing wrong with me, right? It's not about having anything wrong with you. It's about, there's so many things you don't realize about how powerful you are, how much potential you have because you can't see it because you just have your own perspective, right? And the power that comes from coaching really is perspective. It's having a different, it's like, oh, I didn't see that. Somebody else can see it, you know? So I think the the way I get people to bring this in is to ultimately what they have to do is take the things out that are not serving them in their lives which they're filling their day with, which is loads of distraction and loads of kind of reaction and loads of other stuff in the email inbox and everything else, right. Which they're prioritizing. I have to get them to take things out that are not serving them so that they can start putting things in that are serving them, mm. you know, and one of, and this is very much a habit based thing. We are creatures of habit. You know, we do things automatically most of the time. Yeah. So I need to get them to realize, if they started doing this, they would start getting this thing they want really quickly and really powerfully, and they'll feel better and they'll have more joy and all of that. So my challenge is to really penetrate into their thinking and prove to them very quickly that what they're doing is a different way. And actually, if you just tried this, oh, oh yeah, that was amazing. And they come back and tell you all the amazing things. I'm going, okay, that's the power of you this is the work, right? Let's go, you know, and just give them wins.
0: It's interesting, isn't it? Because the, the the reflection piece is, is part of the self-awareness and, and you can't have self-awareness without, without reflection. Um,
1: Because otherwise it's ego. I heard somebody in a a corporate say this to me, I was coaching them and they said, Oh yeah, but I'm just naturally really self-aware. I've always been lucky with that. And I said, Oh, brilliant. How do you maintain that awareness? And he was like, Oh, You've put me on the spot now, oh, I'll have to think about that. The, the kind of irony in the answer is you have no awareness. You don't, I, I'm saying, how are you when you're a great leader? How are you when you're a great parent? You know, What does it look like? And he's like, oh, well, well I'd have to think about that. The, you know, the, the answer is coming from ego, not any kind of practice that maintains an awareness of self. You know? Mm-hmm. And questions have the answers. You know, you want to know something, you go to Google, you ask a question, it gives you the answer. So why aren't we asking ourselves more questions? You know. That's the thing. If we want to be aware of ourselves.
0: So final question for you, Lee, what scares you?
1: God, that's good. I mean, that's a good question. And I kind of, I know the answer. The fear of being fake scares me more than taking courageous action. You know, I'm more scared of talking about something and doing something different than I am of doing the thing that's really challenging me to grow, me to role model, this kind of thing I'm talking to other people about. Yeah, so I think it's a good use of fear. You know, Mm. it's like I'm I understand fear is powerful. I'm like I'm gonna use that as a weapon to keep me on track, keep me focused. You know, so I think it is very much about being more scared of being a fake or inauthentic, or kind of just not aligned with my best self, right, than,
0: yeah, than and doing it's
1: anything funny. that, that any you know, because you know, actually doing something, the only thing that's going to come is other people are going to think something. I'm like, that's not scary. Nobody's trying to kill me, right? <laughs> I'm more scared of me knowing inside my mind, where only I live, you're fake that's more scary to me you know which I use as a good yeah version.
0: and it's it's a really it's a really interesting one because of course we 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 all have our moments of being incongruent um for for whatever reason and we could we could probably talk about that for hours on end but uh yeah. Lee thank you so much for your time it's been really fascinating to talk to you thank you for your insights
1: you're welcome I really really appreciate that I loved it thank you
0: Wow, Lee's story of working in Afghanistan where he didn't live his values was such a powerful one and a reminder to all of us of how difficult it is to balance different values and be inclusive where others may have a different set of values and that might be based on their culture or something else. I also echo Lee's belief that living values is a courageous act because it's so much easier to define them and put them on the wall and then not live them. But defining them without living and breathing values is probably worse than not defining them at all. How well are you living your values? What happens when your values are at odds with those in your team? I hope you enjoyed this podcast as much as I enjoyed having the conversation. Please share it with someone else so we can collectively inspire each other to rethink leadership in the world. If you'd like more ideas on how to lead through uncertainty, you can download a report on uncertainty from www.leadwithjude.com. That's it for this week. I was your host, Jude Jennison, founder of Leaders by Nature, challenging the status quo of leadership. Find out more at www.judejennison.com. Until next week, keep leading and I'll be back soon with another interview on Rethinking Leadership.